1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com mobilecom
2: Yo, 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 what's good, my friends? Welcome to Offsides, the most interactive sports show anywhere. My name is Carlos Ortiz. With diesel, we are offsides and appreciate you checking in with us and hanging out with us. Uh, if you've been rocking with us uh, for the first hour of the show and continue to do so, great. If you're just checking in, happy to have you to 844 fan phone eight four four three two six three six six three 326 3663 is the number to jump on. If you prefer to text and let your voice be known that way, the carpro.com text line is available and open to you 71307 keyword fan. Followed by your message. Now, uh, I know I teased uh, Michigan going into this, and I will talk about uh, what's going on with Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, and the Big Ten. Uh, but let's jump into a little bit of um, a little bit of a doubling down here, Diesel. Uh, I will uh, let you kind of set the table here a bit. But Shane Beamer, a couple minutes ago, he goes and he essentially he does not walk it back. He does not make any apologies. No, he did But not. he reiterates. His statement about celebrating wins from the uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson State, Jacksonville State game. Quote, I don't think it's okay to be miserable and unhappy after a win. End quote. Diesel, please, the floor is yours.
3: Yeah, uh, Shane Bieber took a, a shot at South Carolina fans who were unhappy with the win, the way that they won after that game. Uh, Chris Phillips, who we had on the show yesterday, quote tweeted his comments, the video of his comments saying that Shane Beamer said everything but find some joy. We talked about it on the show yesterday. We all agreed that it was uncalled for, and then he took an, an unprovoked shot at the fan base. It's like, come on, dude, you're making $6, 7000000 million a year. You got to be able to duck and dive these types of things. These are unimportant gripes that you need to leave behind and talk about other things. But Shane Beamer followed up on those comments from yesterday, today, in his press conference, and here's that audio.
0: Hope that nobody walked out of that stadium just unhappy. The As ugly as it might have been, the Gamecocks won the football game Saturday, guys. And there's a lot of teams across the country that did not win their football game on Saturday, and that was the point I was trying to make. And if we won on a beautiful Saturday afternoon and you were unhappy and miserable, then you probably do need to find some joy and, and celebrate wins a little bit more as well. But I'm a guy that's always gonna celebrate wins. I've been a part of teams where uh, the head coach walked in the locker room after a win and absolutely blistered that team. And they didn't win a game the rest of the year. And I said that I will never do that as a head coach. Are we going to hold him accountable? Did I tell him in the locker room Saturday that we need to be a whole lot better and that we were nowhere near our best and that we got a lot to clean up? Yes, but we're also going to celebrate and never walk out of a locker room feeling like we lost the football game.
2: All right. So, listen, listening to the audio is not as bad as what it sounds like or what you read on text. I'm thinking he's doubling down being defiant. This is sort of a mea culpa, but not really. listen. He's not wrong on a couple of things, diesel. A lot of teams did not win on over the weekend, so he's right in that aspect. He does acknowledge very ugly win. Yeah, we saw. and he did acknowledge that, hey, we got to clean some things up, but you know, but he's just missing the mark here where he's he's handling things really in a direction that's not putting you in a favorable light. Like, what a difference a week makes for Dabo. We talked about this in the first hour. Dabo essentially went scorched first on his fan base, saying, hey, if you're not rocking with us, jump off the bandwagon. Maybe some losses will humble us. He gets a big win over Notre Dame. You know, he, he starts to, you know, pump up his guys again, get some juice back into the program. Buy stock now. If, you, if you're Clemson, buy all the stock that you can. Like, Dabo's, you know, he enjoys winning. He doesn't necessarily handle losing well, but you know what? He he tried to say, hey, not everything is, is doom and gloom over here. Shane Beamer, on the other hand, we're breaking toes. We're kicking things after losses here. After wins, we're celebrating really, you know, ugly wins. Listen, I, I get it. A win is a win is a win, and that's true. But y- y- you can't necessarily tell your fan base how to react because fans are smart. Some fans are. I know when my team is, you know, not going to compete for a championship. Hell, they might not compete, period. Uh, I still am a fan of the team because, you know, it's not just one season. I have next season to look forward to. I want to see progress. I want to see building things. We've been staring at a ceiling of eight wins for how many years at this point? We need some type of uh, reassurance that it's going to get better than eight wins. And I think, and, and that's where he doesn't seem to be hitting the mark here. It's not about celebrating ugly wins here. I mean, y- y- you can do so, but I, I wouldn't take re- relief and solace in that fact. What are we going to do to get better? What are you doing to reassure your fans that are unhappy or miserable in your words? What are you, what are you telling them? Those are the guys you need to get off of the ledger because those are your fans too. And as we learned in the last week here in the Upstate, the minority they are the most vocal. So you gotta be able to appease as many people as possible. Your job is to run a program, but don't make enemies across the way. And, and Diesel, and I think that's my problem with Beamer. It's he just doesn't know how to conduct himself as as a CEO of a professional organization because that's what a head coach is in college football.
3: Right. You know, we were talking about this before the show, and I brought up the point. You are what your reputation says you are. You are what your reputation says you are. Shane Beamer started out as this reputation of a super high energy, super positive, rah-rah guy that was going to make the fans feel good about themselves before he even stepped on the field to coach a football game. And that was great. That was a beautiful place for the South Carolina program to be for a couple of months. Things kind of dipped as you got into the season last year, but you had some epic wins towards the end. It made you feel that way again, and you felt really, really good. But then this season happened, and you got him taking shots at media members. You got him taking shots at radio shows. You got him taking shots at the miserable part of the fan base after wins, that is how you lose the benefit of the doubt. People start to qualify everything you say through the tone that they believe you have, whether you have that tone right now or not. You know, if you're constantly negative, if you're constantly chippy, people will look for the negative and the chippy in everything you say. And then they start asking questions to try to get that negative and chippy side out of you again. And that's the place where Shane Beamer finds himself right now. Look, not every coach has to conduct themselves exactly the same. College football uh, in this world would be boring as hell if everybody was exactly the same. You know, (laughs) you need need the kind of snarky, throw shade coaches, you need the uh, stoic coaches, you need the angry coaches, you need the happy coaches, you need all of them because it makes it interesting. But you don't necessarily want to be known as the jerk head coach. And that's kind of where Shane Beamer finds himself through his own making. He's done this to himself. So Shane Beamer, this is my direct piece of advice because I know the people in the football offices down there listen to this show. Because they're looking for content. They're looking for bulletin board material. Shane Bieber, you need to actively start making decisions on how you talk to people. You need to start changing the way you talk to people. And it's going to take a while to rehab this chippy, jerk, ornery image. It's going to take a while to fix that. You know, You you can screw up a reputation real fast. Yeah. You can lose somebody's trust. Real fast. It takes a long time to earn it back. So you're going to have to start thinking about the way you talk to people. It's not always what you say. It's how you, how say, you it. say it. It's not right. always the words you say. It's how you make people feel when you say those words. And Shane Beamer's on the wrong side of that right now.
2: Yeah, I well, so what's the expression, Diesel? You, you catch more flies with honey? Is that, is that what the expression yeah. is? I'm not saying you need to kiss people's asses because, you know, that's not the case. But, you know, a little courtesy goes a long way, especially when you're rebuilding a program. And matter of fact, this text says it all right here. To hear both Dabo and Beamer bad-mouthing the fan base is beyond me. Dabo, though, can, earn, can say certain things, but Beamer hasn't done anything to say anything like that, and, and that's, that's very true. Dabo has a longer leash here because he has a track record of proven success. He's won national championships. South Carolina hasn't won anything under his direct uh, under his uh under his rule here, you know, if you wanna go straight monarchy. He hasn't done anything yet. Chris Phillips away from the crack, eight wins.
3: Chris said it perfectly yesterday on the show. When you're elite, you get away with more. You get to be ornery. You get to be chippy. That is Nick Saban's entire personality is being ornery and chippy and grumpy and mean yeah. and gruff. But you know why Nick Saban can get away with doing that? Because he wins damn championships. Shane Beamer, you haven't won a damn thing yet. So you got to kill him with kindness until you've earned the right to be that way. Listen, why
2: can Bill Belichick, why did he used to be able to run into, walk into a room and answer absolutely nothing to reporters for 15 minutes? Because he can put Super Bowl rings on the podium.
3: Yeah, and we all thought it was funny. We all thought it was it was endearing no, in a way. Hila- we hila- thought his grumpiness Bill. was endearing because he was winning titles.
2: But you know what? How are the Patriots doing now? And he has the same act. Not as fun anymore. Not you know people aren't necessarily you know going head over heels for Bill here. So that act can wear thin if you're not winning and if you've never done it before. Do not follow the Saban and Bella Chick tree because that is not going to work in your favor here. So, you know, listen, again, you don't need to kiss anybody's rear end, but you just be mindful of the way that you speak to people, because you know what? People are now actively looking at you. You have put the target on your back. And for a team that has not accomplished anything near its counterparts in in Clemson, you don't do yourself any favors. Let's get to somebody's text here, uh, because a lot of reaction It has been a bad season for South Carolina, and Beamer needs to own it and fix it. It's the only way to move forward. Yes, but he can do himself some favors by, you know, curbing the mentality a little bit. Listen, fully understanding we're in pretty much rebuild mode here for the program. It's easier to do it when you have a fan base that's willing to be patient with you, not one that you've pissed off. Uh, Let's see here. I don't really get why Beamer said what he said. It's like he envied Dabo and Tyler from Spartanburg. Uh, another texture writes in, uh, Carlos. I don't know if you knew, but I'm a Hawaii fan. We've had some bad seasons lately, but our co- coaches don't badmouth the fans. Yeah, uh, and that's courtesy of Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Uh, le- yeah, listen. There's a lot of coaches that go through you know stretches like this where a team stinks, you know, but they're not out here poking poking the bear because that'll get you fired. Elephant in the room, texture says, Missouri is at where the Gamecocks can't get to. Isn't that funny, Diesel? like to look up at Missouri of all programs. So let, let's calm down a little bit here. Uh, get a couple more texts in here before we get to the uh, take a break and go to the guest line here because we do have uh, Jake Crane joining us on the other side in the next segment here. Uh, I asked everybody before we went to uh, finish up the la- last hour, you know, who's the bigger, who would you rather have right now, Zach Wilson or Kate Klubnick? Texas writes in, Cade, hands down, he's not even a pro yet. Wilson was a bust the entire time. Uh, Another texter writes in, I hope Cade isn't as bad as Zach. If so, Clemson is doomed. And texter writes in, Carlos with a K just compared Clemson to the Jets. I want my Dukes Mayo back. Nay, nay, I say, (laughs) you cannot have it. Because coming up in about 40 minutes or so, maybe less than that, basically after our conversation with uh, J-Boy, we'll get into that Dukes Mayo literally i will share that experience with all of you we got a couple more texts we'll get here on the other side but let's take let's pay some bills and we'll go out to the guest line If you want to be able to jump into conversation anytime after we speak with jake crane 844 fan phone eight four four three two six three six six three, 326 3663 or the carpro.com text line is open for you 71307 keyword fan followed by your message but let's have a conversation with the J boy it's diesel it's Carl's with a K filling in for Mark Ryan. We are offsides. This is the Fan upstate. State. Don't go anywhere. Call from mom. Answer
0: it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na,
2: da-na-na. You can't play good rejoin music like this, Diesel, because it's like throwing a red ball across the room. I'm just going to react to it like a golden retriever. I'm Carlos Ortiz. That's these. We are offsides on the fan upstate and we go out to the guest line joining us host of crane and company. You can hear him Monday through Friday mornings on the daily wire. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake, J boy crane,
4: J boy. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man, how are y'all doing? Just uh, excited to get to another weekend of football.
2: Man, aren't we ever? See, that's the problem with uh, with football season, uh, Jake, is yeah. come Tuesday morning, you just, like, you don't know what to do to yourself to kill two, three days until Thursday night. And even Thursday night, you're like, oh, it's most likely going to be a dreadful yeah. game of well, the Jaguars know, and the good Lord in,
4: Yeah. That's why the good Lord invented Maxshen. So, at least it's going <laughs> to give me a little bit of a taste tonight. Um, you know, betting on Maxshen, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like flipping a coin, walking in a room, but no man, it's uh, it's one of those things. Just like when you're playing and coaching, uh, game day can't get here quick enough.
2: Yeah, dude, I'm with you. And let's let's stay on the college ranks for a little bit here, because uh, one thing that I did tease to our listeners here didn't get a chance to do so, but I'm glad you're here because you know I, I'd like to get your take on this. The Big Ten they inform Michigan that you know Michigan might face some disciplinary action with the whole science stealing scandal here. I don't think this is a big deal. But I have time to expand upon that. I don't have that much time with you. So do you think the Big Ten comes down, or should they even come down on Jim Harbaugh and Michigan over this?
4: No, no, I don't, because I think as we're seeing right now, the further you dig, you're going to find out everybody's doing it. I mean, they just found out Purdue's doing it. They just found out Illinois did it with Ryan Walters. Uh, everybody does this. Uh, We did it when I was in it. Now, some people do it more intricately than than other people, but the further further you dig and people start talking, you're going to find out a lot, a lot more than just sign stealing. So, no, I think this is something that will just kind of go away. Uh, People will talk about it here and there, but it's going to be amazing how many coaches you uh, stop hearing from, especially in that conference when it comes to sign stealing. So uh, this whole time I think this thing's been overblown. Uh, it's petty to me because, like I said, everybody's doing it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I've I've been on it, and that's where I'm going to stay on it.
3: Jake, being a former coach of South Alabama, a group of five school, I know, like me, you have a soft spot in your heart for the plight of the smaller schools. So James Madison have been denied the waiver to skirt the rules mm-hmm. and be allowed to play in a bowl game in their second transition season. They are uh, undefeated right now. They've run the table thus far to this point. Should James Madison run the table to the end? Should they be allowed to represent the group of five or in your mind, does the rule have to stand? This is one of the dumbest rules ever of all
4: time. Uh, you know, not, we had to deal with it at South Alabama. Um, when, when we were going to division one, we played some belt schedule, but couldn't win the sunbelt. I don't understand if we're good enough to win we're good enough to win. Like you're not. We we still gotta go. They still gotta go run into grown men. It's not that you know. It's not like any of these teams playing James Madison. Like all right, guys, take it easy. They're brand new in the conference. No, it's a, it's a stupid rule. Um, you know, you you see some of these. Guys, it's it's one thing from stamp for Stanford and Cal to go to the ACC and not take revenue, but still be able to play in the championship. But you only see this when teams are going up, when they go from FCS to FBS. Our one double A to division one. You don't ever see this conference, the conference where you're not eligible for it. We saw it in college basketball last year as well. To me, it's one of the dumbest rules ever they should be able to play in the postseason and win their conference.
3: Jake, I understand the rule of not being able to to make the FCS postseason in your last year, so your first year transitioning up, because you have more scholarship athletes than everybody else. You're trying to get from that, what, 67 to 85 or 63 to 85? if if
4: it's before you move up, yeah, I get that.
3: Yeah, but, you know... I come down on a, a, a rule as a rule, and everybody else has had to go through this same exact transition process, and it's screwed over good teams before. Georgia Southern was elite in their first year moving up. App State was really good in their first year moving up. So uh, maybe, maybe I'm just heartless, and it doesn't bug me well, as much. Well,
4: just like my thing is, what's the point of
3: it? No, like, I, okay. You said I, I agree I that it's a dumb you said rule. I was
4: speeding? Okay, how fast was I going? Right. Like, I need to know, like. What well, what's the, what's the reason for it? I don't, nobody can give me like a good concrete reason for it. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned speeding.
2: I got to go to court next month and you know, I'll, uh, and fight that. So yeah, well, well, well. how I do you speed in New seven. York
3: city, Carlos? You can't get up more than 25 miles no. an hour.
2: Well, I'll, I'll tell the two of you guys off air just in, just in case the judge is listening to over here, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, smart, Jack, smart man. Smart yeah, okay. smart man. never incriminate yourself if you can help it. All right, Jake. That's exactly uh, Let's right. switch gears and let's go up uh, to a little bit colder temperatures now. Maybe where the cracks so are starting to form a bit here. Are you surprised, Jake, that Dion in the middle of the season makes an offensive coordinator change, going from Sean Lewis to Pat Shermer of all people?
4: Yeah, I don't. I I didn't look at Colorado. I was like, oh yeah, man, it's definitely the play calling. Uh, it's, it's the offensive line. It's, it's up front. You know, that's something we were saying all off season on and company. Obviously Colorado got off to that crazy start, which was a great story. Uh, and then kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but uh, I don't understand why it's the play calling. I think Sean Lewis has been one of the bright spots for Colorado. You know, he came over from Kent state as the head coach. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I really didn't understand that one that that seemed like kind of a rookie move to me from Deion Sanders. I, I, I don't, I don't understand.
3: Speaking of Deion, uh, absolutely no problems whatsoever with him saying uh, if, if these offensive linemen can't get it done, we'll go out and get new offensive linemen. How, how is that such a controversial statement from Dion Sanders? Um, does the last few weeks change your mind about Caleb Williams and or Drake May? Both have struggled. Um,
4: I mean, look, I, I I don't think Caleb Williams is. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Caleb Williams, you know, off the field and, and some of the things he does, you know, on the field on the sideline or or whatever. But he's a heck of a player. I mean, I'm uh I'm not not a fan. Uh, Drake May I think is going to be a better version of Justin Herbert, which is going to be hard to do because Justin's a heck of a player. When it when it comes to when it comes to Dion and him saying that about the offensive line, look. But before this NIL stuff, which you know we all know players are getting paid. If he would have said this, I think it'd be one thing. But it, but it's what I said when they made all this NF, uh, nil stuff legal, which I agree with. I, I think they should get paid for their name, image, and likeness. But there's two sides to business. You know, it's it's going to be good for young people to realize, hey, well now you're getting paid. You need to make sure and perform or, hey, you sign this contract, this NIL deal with us, you got to make sure you you hold up your end of the deal and there will be some scrutiny that goes along the way. So I think at the end of the day, uh, it's not a bad thing for young people to be held accountable. And, and if they want to be part of the business truly, then understand there's two sides of business. And we're talking with
2: uh, Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, uh, here on Offsides. Uh, Diesel kicks the door open for me. I run right in, Jake. So he mentioned a couple of quarterbacks and – I have this conversation with colleagues. I'm on CBS Sports Radio, which is our national program, and so we're always talking who's next, like who's who's going to be the next big guy uh, for a lot of quarterback-hungry teams in the NFL. Here, a lot of names got floated out here between me and these guys here, and not everyone's going to be successful. There's a bunch of potential first-rounders, so I got to ask you: There's Michael Penix, we know. Caleb Williams, we know. Drake May's got to be a first-rounder. But there are guys like Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, uh, Joe Milton. Jake, not all of these guys are going to go in the first round. Who's most likely to slip and be a day-two quarterback?
4: Um, Look, I I don't think Joe Milton's going in the first round. I I don't think Joe Milton is uh, nuanced enough as a passer. Um, Look, I I think the guys that you did name, and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't shock if Spencer Rattler really, really moved up. Uh, He's the guy that I've done a total 180 on. Uh, You know, I didn't didn't like the way he handled himself. I I think he's shown a ton of leadership this year. He's always been so talented, Uh, you know, from an arm strength standpoint, from ability to put the ball where it needs to be standpoint. uh, I think he has a a chance to move up, not back. Um, You know, when when it comes down to the top, guys, I'm interested to see where Bo Nix goes. Uh, I'm interested to see kind of how they evaluate him. I mean, he's played so many years in college. I think he's a guy that, that you could see a lot of movement either way. So, Riley Leonard. Um, is another one that, that I know people are really high on. You see a guy that will keep that momentum going or will he slide, uh, I think he's going to be an interesting prospect to keep an eye on. So those uh, th- those are a couple. But, I mean, I tell you what, man, this this draft class is absolutely loaded at the quarterback position.
3: Jake, we spent the entire last segment, and we, we only intended to spend a, a few minutes on this and, and jump around to some various topics. But you know how it is. You get on something, yeah. and it ends up taking up an entire segment Um, Shane Beamer and just the kind of chippy, edgy, ornery personality that is taking form this season. We saw him come into South Carolina with uber positivity, just beaming, uh, beaming positivity on his way into Columbia. But that's not the Shane Beamer that we're getting over the past couple of weeks. How long in your mind will Shane Beamer be the head coach at South Carolina?
4: Look, I still believe in Shane. I mean, I picked him to go five and seven this year, and and South Carolina fans, you know, weren't weren't exactly thrilled with me. But when I looked at him up front, uh, I think you got to call a spade a spade. Now that's not an excuse. I, I think the biggest letdown of the Shane Beamer uh, Shane Beamer era, even though we're very short into it, if he's going to get the amount of time that I think he's going to get. Um, is that he wasn't able to bring guys in through the portal to, to help develop the offensive line, defensive line quicker. But it seems like they got some guys coming in and recruiting, and you don't want to have to rely on freshmen. Uh, but I'm interested to see how some of those prospects work out. Um, you know, I, I think it's something where next year, you know, you've, and, and it's tough because you lose Spencer Rattler. Uh, you hope the Sellers kid or, or, you know, the whoever you got coming in can, can replace him and, and be nearly as effective. But I think Shea Beaver's going to be there a while, man. I think he's going to have that one big year, and it's going to start to ride. I really believe in him.
2: Let's switch gears a little bit to the pro level, Jake. Now, it's fair or not, these guys are going to be linked together because of where they were drafted in the class. They came out the same year. It's Bryce Young 1, C.J. Stroud 2. C.J. coming off an unbelievable performance, throwing over 450 yards, five touchdowns. The kid looks absolutely polished. Houston's got a lot to be excited about. And conversely, Bryce Young on the same day throws two pick sixes. They're bad interceptions, Jake. I mean, right to Kenny Moore. Uh, And they're long interceptions, too. What's going on with Bryce Young down there in Carolina? And, you know, is there any reason for pause if you're the Panthers, thinking you maybe got the pick wrong?
4: Now, well, look, two things can be true at once. I don't want to take anything away from what C.J. Stroud's doing. What he's doing is incredible. Uh, the game doesn't look sped up to him at all. Looks like he's been doing it for a while. He moves so well in the pocket and outside the pocket. He knows when to say when. There's a reason this guy was able to dice up Georgia, even though I know Ohio State had some some pretty daggum good players at receiver. But I think we've got to make sure and understand that we're, there's two different situations. The Panthers, outside of Adam Thielen, who's aging and, and you know we, we know isn't in his prime anymore, and, and with that offensive line, they don't have the personnel that the Texans have. Now, could Bryce be better? Yes, but I think it's way, way too early, way too early to say that, oh, you should have took Stroud uh, before you took Bryce Young. You've got to give him a little bit of time for it to work out. We see it fluctuate, especially with young players. But you gotta, it, this isn't golf. This isn't baseball. This isn't tennis where one person can go out there and play really well and you win. This is football. It, it, it takes a lot more than just one.
3: Jake, I asked this question of Jim Zoki, who's the color analyst for the Carolina Panthers, yesterday. Now, obviously, the Panthers have a lot of deficiencies across every aspect of the offensive side of the football. But as a coach, how important is it to have multiple quarterbacks with similar skill sets? Because their backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, is certainly not capable of running a similar offense to what Bryce Young is capable of. I mean, in your mind, if you're if you're drafting for the Panthers, do you want to try to find a quarterback with at least a somewhat complementary skill set to Bryce Young, or does it matter?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously because you're, you're running an offense that you feel like can fit that quarterback, that starting quarterback skill set the best. I mean, you look at kind of the Ravens with Amar Jackson and Huntley. That There's some teams that really – go about the book like that, and and it's smart. It it makes that transition easier if something happens, right? That next quarterback can step in and be fine. You look at TCU. Chandler Morris gets hurt. Max Duggan comes in. Very similar style uh, skill sets. Chandler may be a little bit better of a runner than Max. Uh, but you're not able to really miss a beat. So uh, Joe Milton, I know Hendon Hooker was faster. I think he was more quick twitch, uh, but Hendon Hooker being able to step in there uh, with a somewhat of a similar skill set and turns out an even better skill set. So, yeah, anything that helps with that continuity because, you know, it's, it's not like you're going to sit here and have one guy that's a, a true pocket passer starting uh, the game and, and can't move, and then you put in a guy that's a triple option quarterback that's a great runner, that, uh, that'll never work.
2: Now, this one just came down the wire for me. I'm over here scrolling on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. I'm not doing it, Elon. I don't know why you made the rebrand here. Carson Wentz, the Kevin Costner of the NFL, as was. how does he keep getting work? Carson Wentz is going to the Rams, Jake. I assume that's a good move, but how does that, you know, what does that say about Matt Stafford going for the rest of the season?
4: Well, I mean, you know, you we got to look and kind of see what what's going on with his hand. He, you know, Rippon played last game. Uh, it was it wasn't pretty. I mean, Lambeau's a tough place to play. That weather was tough to play in. But Carson Wentz, man, he's just like that. You know, it's kind of that X that just won't go away. You just keep seeing him everywhere. <laughs> it's like you just like walk. You're like, you know, it's been eight months, and you walk in the grocery store to you know grab some cereal and some orange juice, and there they are, just walking down the pickle aisle. I mean, it just. Seems like you can never, n- never escape them. But that's what the NFL does. They do it with coaches too. It's, it's a recycling bin at the end of the day. And, and if you're able to move, you can make a good career out of it. Uh, make a great career out of it. Just watch, you know what Josh, uh, Josh Dobbs is going to do. So, um, look, it's, uh, it's just one of those things.
2: Last one for me, and we'll let you go over here. Uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins just played in Germany does an all-European division work? I, I, I feel like that's what the NFL just wants to do. They want to get a team in Frankfurt. They want to get a team in London. I don't know where are going to stick the other two locations. But do you see us in the next, I don't know, Jake, maybe 10 years, do we get that European division?
4: Man, I think it's a possibility, and I would, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I've been saying for three years that if we give them legitimate NFL football, not, you know, the, the minor league system or not, not the like Jags the Savannah <laughs> Bananas. Like, we, you, it will be as popular as anything over there. I think it's a possibility. I would love it because that means more football for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Jake J-Boy Crane. You can check him out Monday through Fridays in the mornings on the Daily Wire. Jake, always appreciate you jumping on. Thanks a lot. Definitely, guys.
4: Great talking to you.
2: So let's pay some bills here in The Meantime. Got a lot to unpack there. Plus, we really want to get into that Michigan storyline because there's a couple of things I wanted to unpack there as well. He's Diesel. I'm Carlos Ortiz. That's Carlos with a K because Mark Ryan is not here, but I'm here for you. We'll get through a lot of uh, our our storylines here, plus the 5 at 5 coming up in about 20 minutes or so. We're offsides. This is the fan State. Don't go anywhere.
3: It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel without Mark Ryan today. And I think maybe at the moment without Carlos Ortiz. We may have lost him there. Sending him a message to see if we can get Carlos reconnected. I think we lost you there, pal. Uh, remember, you can always follow along with the show across whatever platform, whatever you like to use to get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or if you've got the Odyssey app, You need to subscribe. You need to follow us. You need to like us. And if you've got an auto download function, make sure you turn that on. Um, uh, Let's see. I'm trying to type it to Carlos here at the same time. Uh, Do not have you, Carlos Ortiz? Make sure. Oh, you're lying. There you are. There you are. Oh, hello, everybody. Did you mute your microphone? What did you do? No, 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 no. All right. So let's pull back the curtain here.
2: We know I'm probably not the best with teases, but I love to honor. Our listeners,
3: all right? Mm. And you were making a you were making a ham and cheese sandwich with mayonnaise, weren't you?
2: Part of me honoring (laughs) our listeners is paying off on earlier teases. And that I did. I teased y'all and I promised y'all I didn't do it before I got off the phone with Jake because I completely forgot I was talking to Jake. Good stuff with J Boy. Always appreciate him jumping on. But that I did, Diesel, in my hands. Is a wonderful, first of all, you said ham. No, 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 not ham. I got me some buffalo chicken, Munster cheese, and a little lettuce because I like that crunch in my between two slabs of white bread. Most importantly, completely covered and coated with Duke's mayonnaise. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the upstate, I have not tried Duke's mayo beforehand. This is courtesy of Roger Carper. I believe he's in Tyler, South Carolina. I'm not going to give his address because, you know, that's crazy. I don't want anybody to show up at his house, but Roger, I did receive your uh package here. I had been asking for months. I've been I've been with you guys in the upstate for about a year filling in for Mark and Rob. And I've been talking about this mayonnaise that you all have been clamoring is gold. So, Diesel, how many times have I gone on the airways? And I'm like, where's my mayonnaise? Well, I can finally answer the question it's here it's right in my kitchen so in the break i ran out to go and fulfill the promise of making a sandwich so i have the sandwich here i might be putting you on a spot diesel do we have any eating music do we have any lunchtime themes before i crunch this sandwich it's okay if we
3: don't uh give me give me just one one second here and i think i can get you something
2: all right so as as you're fumbling through it and if you don't have it it's fine but, yeah, monster cheese, I'm a big buffalo chicken guy. I like turkey, but, you know, I wanted to get something that would not, you know, take anything away from the kick of the mayo that everybody keeps talking about here. So we're doing this live. I wanted this to be as authentic as possible. And if you want to jump into conversation, if you want to ask me, uh, you know, how to, if you want to tell me how to eat the sandwich, if you, you know, got anything that you uh, have to say, or maybe this is completely dumb and you want to tell me how much of a hack I am, 844-FAN-PHONE, 844-326-3663 I got you number to get to us. And the carpro.com text line, 71307, keyword FAN. But it's time. I have promised you all that I was going to give you a real, unfiltered review of Duke's Mayo. And I have it right here in my hand. So we're doing this in a sandwich. Uh, but more to come. My wife will have uh, put this in potato salad. Uh, we're going to figure out other ways to uh, incorporate this mayonnaise, but um, let's get right into it. I guess I-, I can't really tease this more enough. I'm like, uh, I don't really know how to uh, build any more anticipation. I, Other than telling you, I got the sandwich in my hands. JD, Texas, by the way, Diesel, I'm currently crying in anticipation. I'm just so grateful Carlos is finally trying Duke's Mayo. Cut it diagonally so you get more sandwiched. You know what? I, I wish that was, I wish you texted me before that, because I cannot just run to my kitchen and go do that. That wouldn't be unfair to everybody here. So, I got it in my hand, Diesel. I'll do you one better. I'm gonna break the sandwich in half. So, are you know ready for you this? Can, I don't know if you could hear the crunch. Just there's the lettuce as I'm breaking it. All right. There we go. All right. So now the first thing I'm looking at halfway into my sandwich giant glob of mayonnaise on the corner and I think that's where I'm going to attack it because I want to taste the mayonnaise (laughs) alright texter writes in you ruin the sandwich when you put mayonnaise on it that's the whole point of this right. Duke's Mayo review I'm taking a bite right now first bite a lot of mayonnaise in that Diesel, what do you think I'm I'm going to say about this one? I think you're going to say this is a change in life. Mike Maine, Texas, and Carlos. One of the best ways to enjoy Duke's mayo is to use the mayo-like butter. Fryer's grilled cheese and mayo, not butter. Well, I tell you, this is what I did with the sandwich. I put mayonnaise on both slices of bread. So it's basically a mayonnaise sandwich. It just happens to have buffalo chicken, lettuce, and mustard cheese in it. And that's how I tell you. First bite. Nothing special. What? Nothing special. What? Now, I don't know if, it, and that's a lot of mayonnaise in there. I didn't get a lot of. You well, know, you guys, it's been I fun. We'll of...
3: have Carlos back on back <laughs> on the show on the first of never, never having you back on the show, besmirching the good name of Duke's Mayonnaise. Well, hold on, hold on. Listen, the sandwich is not done. I'm not throwing it away after one bite.
2: <laughs> I'm open-minded. And again, there's other avenues I want to you... try. I'll, I'll try to
3: grill cheese like Mike Main says. Let's take another bite. Do you agree that Duke's mayonnaise is different from other mayonnaises? I will say that. Yeah. Uh, the bread is fucking my huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great radio. They're gonna they're gonna give me a marconi for this one. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Oh.
3: Oh, is he coming around? That second bite was good. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's like my yeah, that is That is good mayonnaise, man. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the phone. All right, we're navigating the sandwich now. My dog is like eagerly waiting for me to drop him a piece, but I'm not going to do that. because I, I actually don't know if mayonnaise is bad for the dog. So, all right, I got a uh, sizable bite right here. A uh, chock full of buffalo chicken, cheese, and lettuce, and there's still good portion of mayonnaise. Like I said, I slapped the Dukes on this baby. So we're going to go in full toppings galore. All right. So.
3: (laughs) Mm. yeah. truth is, for a lot of people, uh, a mayonnaise laden sandwich like that is is darn near pornographic. So what you're experiencing is not that far from a sex act on the radio. Okay. All right. So this is going to sound weird. The Duke's Mayo, it tastes better
2: with all the toppings with with everything incorporating by itself, I'm like, all right, it's nothing special. With that third bite just now, this is fantastic. This is really, really good stuff. I'm going to sneak in a number right here. Oh, I freaking good. Oh, my God! You people are on to something! This is incredible! <laughs> I just... I just licked my finger. So tech- I don't ever do that. I always put it. In- I always keep a paper towel with me. I just licked my thumb. That has been touching keys and microphone cables. I just licked managed all of my thumb because that's how good it was. It's this is delicious. Sneaking another bite here. <laughs>
3: and I just licked three fingers. I can't tell if this is great radio or awful radio. Oh, man. You listeners have to tell us. Are you enjoying the sound of Carlos eating a, eating a sandwich and getting his first full taste of Duke's mayonnaise? Uh, texter writes in, do
2: it already. Do it. Eat it. Mike texts in, blasphemy. But that was on the first reaction. Uh, texter writes in, you forgot to warm up the taste buds with just a little bite of mayo first. It wouldn't have taken you to three bites. I can't just eat mayonnaise plain, man. I would never find myself in a scenario where I would have just mayonnaise by itself. I understand it. You guys like kind of kind of pre-warming my, my palate here. But I wanted to come in blind. Like I would normally just slap mayonnaise on a sandwich and and just dig in. Like I, I don't want to cheat. I want to give you a real authentic review. But I can tell you right now, half of the sandwich is gone. My dog just licked my finger. Uh, that was incidental. Um, You guys are on something. This is delicious. Now, I don't know what's in this thing. Like there's definitely a kick to it, but I I don't I don't taste like the I I don't taste like spices. Like, it's not overwhelmingly strong. Like I, I like Is this supposed to like make me sweat or something? Like the no. way you made it sound like this is supposed to be a spice. No, like, no, no it's not it's There's not a definitely spice. some zing
3: to it, but no, like, it's got twang crazy. It's twang. got twang, not zing. There's a difference.
2: oh uh, see so texture right writes in, it's twang, no kick. All right. Uh, Gator Nate Texas and says, this is better than watching a Duke's Mayo bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll sponsor me and send me down there after I mean this, uh, Texas, I'm shocked that Duke's isn't available everywhere. It's not available here. My wife, a couple of weeks ago, she bought Mike's amazing mayonnaise thinking that was Duke's. I'm like, no, no, babe. They said Duke's is the way to go. I must not be a Mayo connoisseur. Texter but I can't tell the difference. You know what? It took three bites, but I'm there taking another bite.
3: <laughs> Whoa excuse me we're asking him to do a lot right here we're asking him to eat (laughs) to to talk to think to feel all at the same time oh that's good yeah
2: it's totally better with the chicken and cheese It's like a party in my mouth and everybody's invited that's great texturizing texturizing this is great Worth the 17 do- <laughs> Worth the seventeen I spent. <laughs> Carlos, I make my dog Dukes cheese and uh, sandwiches for trees. No kidding. So just safe for dogs. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, remember that kick that I was talking about? Text her, duh. He- he's right. That's the buffalo chicken you added, you fool. <laughs> You're right. I did put <laughs> buffalo chicken in here. And let me tell you, I regret nothing. This is great. And it works one, in everything. One big bite right here.
3: That's the best part. It works in everything. Mm. It's not... That's the whole secret to to Duke's mayonnaise. It's not going to dominate anything. It's going to enhance everything. Oh, that one had a big glob of mayonnaise in it. Let me tell you. You know what, I, Car- Carlos? We're going to let you finish that sandwich here. We're going to we're oh, going to let you good. wrap it up and get to a to to a first full impression verdict on the other side. Of this break, I don't want you to choke. I don't want you to die because I'm not sure if there's anyone there other than your dog to resuscitate you if things go poorly. So finish your sandwich. Don't say Mm. another word. Mm. Finish your sandwich, and we'll have a full assessment of Duke's mayonnaise on the other side of this break.